Welcome. My name is Carl Vredenberg, and this is the Life Habits Podcast, the podcast that helps you to learn new habits to optimize your life and stay sane in this crazy world. This is episode number 110, and the topic for today is The Connections Cure. And I'm delighted to have Marie-Josée Char back with us again to explore this really important topic. Welcome back, MJ. Thank you, Carl. I'm so happy to be here. <laughs> it's always good to talk with you. Oh, it's been great as this whole new series that we have that, that's called Leveling Up. I think the topic that you're bringing to us today is perfect for this. So we've had listeners listening to your previous five or six podcasts in the past you've been on, and we're now going to take what you've shared in the past and level it up to really focus on this title that we've come up with, The Connections Cure. I, I am very excited for everyone who's listened to all of your podcasts, because I feel like we live in a world that's, like you said in the introduction, quite crazy. <laughs> and if there's not an effort to try and bring things back a little bit, it's just going to get worse. And so those of us who contribute to your podcast, those of us who listen and embark on this journey are here to make a difference. And, um, and I think it's very important. Now today to level up to get us uh, started on this journey, I want to share one of my favorite quotes. And it is from Edith Wharton. And she said, there are two ways of spreading light to be the candle or the mirror that reflects it. And while I love this quote, I want to disagree just a little bit today because the connection skewer is about doing both at the same time. So that's what I want to talk about today. And that's how I want us to all level up in our health and wellness. I love it. Maybe you should refresh our memory a bit. You talk about how to improve our habits and the, the approach that you take to that is a bit unusual. Can you remind us a little bit about what we've talked about in the past with regard to improving sleep, food, mood, and exercise habits? Absolutely. There's been a whole pandemic between the last time that we talked about that and today. So we probably all need a refresher. So as you mentioned, sleep, food, mood, and exercise, four really big groups of habits that are all interrelated. And they are not interrelated only because we feel a little bit different, but actually we probably feel different because they're related in how they change our biochemical activity. So let me be a little bit clearer. If we sleep a little bit more, we will have a little bit more serotonin available for our day. And with more serotonin available for our day, we are more likely to be in a healthier mood, a happier mood. We are more likely to not experience food cravings and to be able to resist the ones that we do experience. We are more likely to take action on our exercise intentions. So sleep, food, mood, and exercise are related because each of those things changes our biochemical activity. And the better we do in any one category, the easier it is to do well in the others. And so what I recommend is that instead of focusing on whichever is our biggest challenge, right? If it's your problem, it's not your solution. If it's your problem, it's your biggest area of challenge. And trying to work on that directly usually makes us feel weak and incapable. And in fact, we usually have a whole series of past failures in that department to prove to us that we don't have the ability to make effective change, right? If you, if you feel like food is the biggest challenge for you, 
tackling it directly is probably going to be defeating and difficult. But if instead you try to improve your mood a little bit, you might eliminate the emotional eating. If instead you try to work on sleep a little bit, that serotonin is going to come to the rescue and so on and so forth. So I recommend that we start by working on something that isn't quite so difficult for us and that we go from there. We can build on initial small victories. I remember you telling me about that you might have put a video together on, on YouTube about this as well. Is that is this something that uh, you could share with the listeners about this topic before we even go on? Oh, yes, absolutely. I'm so proud of having a, a brand new YouTube channel. And a lot of what we're going to talk about today is, is on the channel, actually. And this one is titled The Roadmap to Good Health Habits Nobody Knows. Excellent. So everybody should check that out. So I love this approach to uh, thinking of things more comprehensively as well. So I think this is a great way to, to level up, to not only focus on a single thing, but mm -hmm. realize they're all connected it's also interesting that over the last couple of years, three years, even gone through, you know, a pandemic, we've gone through all kinds of other things, and we've had a lot of chance to think. I wanted to ask you kind of what, what, are you, what have been your thoughts over the last sort of couple or, or three, three years that may bring a new way of thinking to the topics that you've already been dealing with? Well, so in the past, I used to feel like we, the easiest entry point to sleep, food, mood, and exercise. For those of us who feel like my whole life is in shambles, MJ, and you say start with something that's going to be easier. Well, they're all hard. <laughs> I don't know where to begin, right? So I used to say the easiest entry point is through mood because it's about changing how you think in the moment. It doesn't require um, extra time in your schedule. You don't need to worry about uh, maybe suffering from insomnia or having to take a shower after you've changed your mood or things like mm -hmm. that, right? So mm -hmm. it's the easiest one to integrate. Um, and I used to feel like we spend so much time with our work colleagues, bringing more love into the workplace is a good place to start. But now, like you said, after the pandemic, we spend less time with our coworkers. More people work from home, more people work uh, in isolation. And with that, we have seen also a big rise in the level of loneliness and depression and burnout, which, you know, all the more reason to figure out how can we tackle this big monster of health and wellness that it, it seems like the minute we try and make some progress, we get right back behind. So I've been thinking a lot about that. And um, what we've also learned through the pandemic is that those micro moments of connection that we used to enjoy with our colleagues, they kind of float us through the challenges of the day, through the peak stresses that we might experience on a day-to-day -day basis, right? That little break at the water cooler where you see Harry and you get to exchange a little joke and laugh for a quick second, or where you even feel a moment of whatever emotion, even if it's not the most positive emotion, but where you connect with someone and two people look at each other in the eyes in a way that says, I got you, right? Mm -hmm. This is so important to our health. And now that we no longer have that, we suffer. And that's probably why, not the only reason, but that's definitely a contributor to the increase in loneliness and depression and all of those things. So we need to bring back those micro connections in our lives. And if we can't enjoy them with our coworkers, then we need to seek them elsewhere because they give our stress response a break. 
they give our relaxation response a boost and they give our heart a mini tune-up and they impact our biochemical activity. So now we're back to what I was explaining earlier, not only boosting our mood, but also making future good health decisions more likely. Are you saying then the, these micro connections uh, that we're talking about are kind of the your new suggested entry point for kind of in, improving our health more broadly, uh, really a connections cure? Yes, I think they are the easiest, simplest, least um, demanding way that we can start to kickstart our health habits. Uh, but there is more than that. You know, I've, I've been talking about um, how the culture is crazy and you have been talking about it too. I mean, that's why we're here, right? And we are a product of our culture and we need to find ways to tip the scales the other way because we're all overworked. We're all sleep deprived. We're all more sedentary than we should and then we would like to be. Okay, there are certainly a few exceptions, but in general, that's what we see around us. But we also all have the what we call the optimism bias, which means I'm okay, I'll be fine. Maybe this other guy is the one who's going to have the lifestyle diseases and the challenges and all of that. Maybe my coworker struggles more than I do, but I'm fine. Meanwhile, your coworker's thinking the same thing about you, right? So our culture is not super healthy, but we think we're okay. But most everyone agrees that something needs to be done. So in thinking about that, I came across research from Adam Grant at Wharton. And what he's done is a research experiment where he had two different kinds of messages on the soap bottles and the hand sanitizer bottles in the hospital. Um, and those were like the, the cleanliness methods for the staff, not so much for the patients. And in half of the cases, the bottles had messaging on them that said, hand hygiene prevents you from catching diseases. And in the other half, of the uh, supply, the bottle said, hand hygiene prevents patients from catching diseases. And this second messaging increased the use of hand sanitizer and hand soaps by 33%. So while we think that we're okay, we are all interested in being givers. We want to help others. And it feels good to know that we're helping others, doesn't it, right? So if we think back on these micro connections, since they happen between two people, I'm not just improving my own health by taking that micro break. It's not only impacting my heart and my stress response and my biochemicals. It's also doing the same to the other person. So if instead of thinking I need to initiate micro connections for my own good, we start thinking, hey, I want to be a giver of health. And that coworker I'm worried about that I was just thinking about a minute ago, he needs it. I'm going to go talk to him and I'm going to go make a micro connection. So he gets the mini tune up to his heart. So he gets that micro pause in his stress response. So if we start to see ourselves as health givers, maybe we'll be more motivated to do something than if we're trying to just improve our own health for our own good. So to play that back to you a little, so you're basically saying that largely due to the pandemic, we're so socially deprived that even if we were to engage in a micro connection, 
it may well be even perceived as a random act of kindness. It's yes. really a, a way of not only helping that other person, but very importantly, it's a way of actually helping ourselves as well. But isn't it just a bit awkward though, to strike up you know, a random conversation with people we meet sort of anywhere? <laughs> it can be, I'll, I'll give you that. But I think that if you feel awkward when you're going to start doing it, the other person is going to feel it. If you feel comfortable, the other person is going to feel that too. So I think the key is to start by initiating these micro connections in contexts where we feel comfortable. And it is definitely easier, you know, when you're at the cash, right? Um, let's say you went to the grocery store or you are at the postal office. While the person is ringing your stuff up or bringing you your stamps or whatever, or weighing your package, it's, you can be on your phone looking at the next text or scrolling Facebook, or you can make a micro connection with that person. This is a context where initiating micro connections is a little easier. And as you become better at it, you feel less awkward, and then you can spread out to less easy contexts, right? As you gain that confidence, as you gain, gain those skills also. One of the contexts where I feel it can be a little bit more uh, challenging, let's say, is in public transportation, right? <laughs> I can imagine myself sitting uh, on a train and then somebody sits next to me and what do you do? Like, do you say hi? Do you start a conversation? Is it awkward to do so? Like that's a context where it's a little bit less natural for some of us. But there's a research experiment that was done exactly in that context. And commuters were offered $5 to either A, do as they normally would do and not change any of their habits, or B, sit in solitude, or C, start chatting with a stranger. Mm -hmm. <laughs> they were given five bucks, go talk to that stranger, right? And so most expected that it was going to be really awkward to start talking to the stranger sitting next to them. But surprisingly, they realized it wasn't as bad as they thought. They were in a happier mood once they finished their ride. So great way to start your day, <laughs> not only because of the mood lift, but because of all of the other reasons we've mentioned so far. And now, you know, you probably also have raised somebody else's mood, that little mini random act of kindness you mentioned, Carl. So I think we, we can do this. We need to start doing this. We need to start a culture where it's natural once again to say hi to the mail carrier and and the people you meet on the street just crossing their paths you know if i mean if you're in new york city maybe not everyone <laughs> but if you go in a in an area where there's not quite so many pedestrians saying hello is just friendly what i think is interesting about this is that this comes really naturally to me i've done this a lot myself and so much so that my kids are always saying oh do you have to talk to everybody you know in any situation <laughs> And so I can totally, totally identify with what you're saying. And I think it makes me feel good when somebody else is surprised that you're striking up a, a conversation. Occasionally, it's somebody that is annoyed, but virtually never. It's always really, really welcomed. And, and I'm totally with you in terms of really getting a sense that I certainly feel better because I've made them feel better too. But it reminds me of another great quote by William James. All our life is but a mass of small habits, practical emotional and spiritual that bears with us irresistibly toward our destiny, end of quote. I think that's really what you're suggesting today, MJ, that as we initiate lots of micro connections with others, we make it a bit easier for ourselves to improve our other health habits as well. And we're also helping others at the same time. Does that capture it? It does. And you know, you just mentioned William James, it reminded me 
me of another one of his quotes. Mm -hmm. William James is quite the philosopher. I, I really like, you know, if anybody's looking for motivation, Google up quotes by William James. There's mm -hmm. a lot of good stuff in there. And he said, act as if what you do makes a difference. And I'm thinking, because indeed it does, right? <laughs> and to backtrack a little bit, for those of us who feel awkward trying to be that health giver to others, um, think about that. If you're looking to initiate a micro connection for your own good and the attempt is not well received, you feel awkward, you feel dissed. <laughs> but if you're trying to be a health giver and that person doesn't welcome the initiative, then you, you're like, well, it's your problem, dude. I was trying to help you out. <laughs> it doesn't, it, I think it helps us get rid of the potential awkwardness and it gives us yet a little extra motivation to, to get it done. So I think that we can make our life just a little bit better by trying it a little bit more often and trying to make it part of our culture. And those around us will thank us. And, and think about that, right? If you create a world where the cashiers at your grocery store, your mail carrier, um, the people that, you know, maybe do carpool at your son's or daughter's school, like all of these people are people you enjoy micro friendships with what kind of world are you creating for yourself it's 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 a world that i feel um feels friendlier and safer and more uplifting that's that's the world i'm creating for myself i mean there's a video on my youtube channel that even mentions how i have a bit of a connection with my garbage collector you know and and i realize it might not be for everybody but why not why not like give me good arguments why not so i, I think it. we can make the world a slightly better place I, I'm totally with you. And I, I think it's worth mentioning too, though, when we're talking about health here, it's also health in a broader sense. So a large part of health is mental health. And during the pandemic, it's also been particularly challenging uh, for people. And um, we probably need to do these even more because of the experience that everybody's had. And so this time is probably the most important time, MJ, for doing the very thing that you're suggesting, that really reaching out to somebody else and think about it from the point of view of you're not just doing it for yourself, you're doing it for them. They, they will really appreciate it. And the, the other thing I was going to suggest is that some people are back at work, but hybrid work is common as well. So some of the time they're, they're working from home with video conferencing systems. And I would suggest there's a way to do that as well, given what you're, you're suggesting. So it's, it's if you're getting on a call with colleagues, that rather than getting directly to the topic that you're talking about, I always practice this. So rather than just opening a call, there's going to be like five or six people on the call. Rather than waiting for everybody to join and then opening the call, just let people sort of join as they uh, come in to, let's say, a Zoom call, WebEx call, or, or Teams call, and just engage with them as they as they join. And that's a great opportunity to do a micro connection that's digital and just they'll ask about, you know, how are things going? And if you know the details about their kids or whatever, you can ask questions about that. And then, you know, get into the topic of the of the call as, as well. Because I think we need to find ways of connecting digitally as well, because we're still not connecting quite like we used to when we were in person. Does that make sense to you, MJ? Absolutely. And I have two tips to make that a little easier. Mm -hmm. So number one, for the meeting host, play an uplifting tune while people are joining the meeting, right? Mm -hmm. If you join a Zoom room and it's perfect silence, and then somebody says, oh, hi, Jenny, 
you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's already awkward, right? right? Right. But if you join the Zoom meeting and somebody's playing like a, a really good, uplifting, upbeat kind of music. And by the way, when I used to do a lot of like stage presentations, mm-hmm. one of my top questions to ask the audience was, what do you believe is the number one mood boost ever tested? And the answer is random acts of kindness, which mm-hmm. is kind of what we're talking about today. But mm-hmm. the audience would always answer music because I played music at the right. beginning of my stuff and it lifted their moods, right? So for the meeting host, get that music going and and maybe loosen up yourself, even in your body, right? Like instead of sitting still, like mm-hmm. try and jam to that tune a little bit, like pick something that will make you feel comfortable and, and project that. So that's the first thing. The second thing is in the wellness world, there's some conversations about should we be on camera or off camera? Because on camera, people can see you, which helps with the connection. But sometimes there's this fatigue of being aware of your own image all day long, right? Right. So I say be on camera, but put a post-it over your own picture. So you don't have to look at your face reacting to everybody else's things. You can be more natural, not self-conscious about what did you just look like as you made those big eyes or whatever else. I mean, they're used to seeing your big eyes. You do them anyway. (laughs) So, So just don't look at yourself. Make it easy for you to not look at yourself and connect and jam to that music as you get into that room so that people can enjoy a micro connection before the Zoom meeting. I love the idea of the of, of the music. I, also, this notion of doing things digitally, because I think that's still the way that people are connecting a lot of the time. I think the notion of not staring at yourself. Some of the, the tools that we use uh, have the ability to actually hide yourself to yourself so that you don't see yourself on the call. It's Zoom is the one, I think, that doesn't provide that. So if anybody from Zoom is listening, please add that because your competitors have that capability. I generally, right. I turn I turn off my, myself and I, I, I actually talk if it's a one-on-one call, I make it as close as possible possible to what it would be if we were actually in person. So you don't see yourself when you're in person. So that's why I set it up like that. The other thing, just to stay with this thought of digitally, is to also schedule meetings. If you're a leader, let's say, if you're a manager, schedule a meeting with no agenda whatsoever with one of your staff, let's say, just to check up on them. I did that a lot during the pandemic. Also, even with large teams that anybody could call in if they wanted to. It wasn't a required meeting. but And then we just take the conversation anywhere. It's so much incredibly positive feedback on that saying, you know what, everything is always so structured. And there used to be serendipitous interactions before little micro connections that were way more possible before. So I think some of the time when we're connected digitally, and some of the time we're only connected to people digitally, right? Either a whole team or a particular person, you don't ever connect with them in person. Well, that's the case at my work, for example, go the extra mile to connect with them, to schedule a session with them. Just don't make it a productive meeting. Just make it an engaging one that really focuses on being better connected to them. That's going to feed their soul. That's going to feed your soul as well. Well, and maybe the fear here is, well, if I don't give the agenda, who's going to show up, right? Everybody's busy. We're all overscheduled. I mean, the increase in number of meetings that we all have since COVID is like tremendous. I I don't have the numbers right here in my head this moment, but um, it's, it's incredible. And people are tired of yet one more meeting with the, the rise of people working from home and all of that. Some office spaces are being reduced. And maybe managers and leaders can reuse that budget towards creating events. Because while people are tired of yet another meeting, they're interested and excited to come to an event, right? So have a a 
a speaker, maybe like me, mm -hmm. <laughs> come in and, uh, you know, do a little TED-like talk, 15 minutes or so, just to get the juices flowing and then let people chat with one another. So maybe serve a few appetizers or even a meal, something like that. Make it fun so that people are actually gathering yeah. <laughs> in in person as much as possible and and make the context convivial. I'm, I'm with you. Just from a, a pure evidence based with a sample of one, uh, essentially my my own experience with this, people were preferring to call into a call that I arranged that was focused on simply chatting more so than the business meetings that we were scheduling. So which basically reinforced your point about the importance of these micro connections. People actually would prefer to have even a digital uh, micro connection with somebody else rather than the usual status meetings or whatever they may be in as well. So so you're absolutely right. We should look for opportunities for in-person uh, work as well. And there's a big push now for people to to do that more. But I think all I'm saying is that if that's not possible, like I have teams that are like absolutely yes. all over the world, that's very hard to yes. bring everybody together at, at any one time. Doing anything that really is in the spirit of what you're sharing is here as well. We've given some very specific examples, but I would suggest that people not be beholden to or you know restricted to kind of the things we've talked about here. Use the kind of things that you talked about here, MJ. I'm sort of suggesting everybody to think about this overall approach and be innovative yourself at possibly making more of these micro connections with others that you're dealing with on a day-to-day -day basis. That's right. If we start to... Um, see that we can be health givers, right? right. Um, and and seek out opportunities to practice that. Right. We can definitely make the world a little bit of a better place. I love making the world a little bit better. And that's yes. what this whole podcast is all about, this whole podcast series. And certainly the leveling up one is focused on that. And I think you've given us some great suggestions on how to level up and be uh, able to improve the health of others around us and our own health as well. Before we finish up, just wanted to ask you to maybe share information. You mentioned it a little bit before the, the YouTube channel. How can people find your work? Well, yes, thank you for asking. My YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash at MJ Shar. That is S-H-A-A-R. Lots of people want to put one A and two R's, but no, no it's two A's, one R, or mjshar.com. Again, mjshaar.com. And you still have your book that's available, I would think, as well, right? How could they Good find your book? Yes. <laughs> Smarts and Stamina, The Busy Person's Guide to Optimal Health and Performance. We're coming up to 12 years since publication. But, um, you know, the human body does not change very quickly on how it behaves and how it functions. So it, it's an oldie, but a goodie. It is available on Amazon. It's a great book and all of your material is. So I, I would strongly recommend anybody uh, follow up and connect with MJ with the coordinates that we talked about there, as well as even her book as well. And uh, MJ, thanks so much for being a guest on the podcast again. And I will do that again in the future as well. But uh, thank you so much. Thank all of you who are listening that for both really looking at ways of leveling up your own life. And uh, we'll have more in this series to come up soon. So talk to you then and bye for now.